This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson alongside me. My good dear friend, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Joining us later from the ballpark will be our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber, live from Guaranteed Rate Field. We are joining you, Are You Shocked, live after a White Sox. Herb, you got any guesses? I think they lost. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I mean, when I left the game, they were tied. Herb was there, and Herb left, so we can blame this on Herb. Sox lose 8-4 to to the Baltimore Orioles, and they lose another series. They have played five series this season, Herb, and they have won zero. zero. How's that feel? That doesn't feel good at all. They haven't been playing world beaters. I mean... I know Houston is the reigning champs. They're not playing particularly well this year. Pittsburgh's doing well. Same thing with uh, Minnesota. They're going off to a good start. But these series were here. And if the White Sox would have executed any of these series, they would have won at least one. It's very sad to be 6-10 and 10 to start your season because these games count. If this was 6-10 and 10 in September, people would be furious right now. And we should be furious right now because the White Sox are not taking advantage of how, what they're getting. They're getting pretty solid starting pitching mostly every night. Bullpen sucks. And you got two home runs today. It was early. But when you got a 4 nothing lead early in the game with your ace going on the bump, that should be enough. That should be it. But the Baltimore Orioles are a relentless team. I got to give credit to them. But also... This White Sox team is very depressing. They do not execute the little plays that turn into bigger plays. And I'll get into what I mean a little bit later, but there's so many things that you see right there in the ninth where Lenin Sosa could have had a double play. All he had to do is catch the ball, go to step on second. He forgot to get the ball first before he stepped on second, didn't get the double play. Those little minor things turn into major things later on. So the White Sox need to clean it up. And like I said before, too, the whole last year, the whole if you thought that Frank Minichino messed swings up, if you thought that Tony LaRusa messed the team up, that's going to take a, some time for that to go away. But at habits, they're going to die hard. And so this first month, even though they count, those games really count, it's really frustrating to watch this team be the same team that they were last year. Maybe even worse sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, and again, you lose your leader. You lose the most professional hitter on this team in Jose Abreu. And I feel, again, Andrew Vaughn's done an all right job in replacing Jose Abreu. But I think his 
presence in that lineup is is sorely missed. And also, mm-hmm. too, this lineup missing Andrew Benatendi and Yasmani Grandal, two of the most more patient uh, and more professional hitters. And I mm-hmm. think that got really exposed, especially after the first inning today. The White Sox, Herb, you want to play a little game here? I do. The White Sox, in the first inning, had three hits. Mm-hmm. They scored four runs. Amazing. In the last eight innings, they had four hits. They scored zero runs. Just, ah. just bad. Just poor execution. And I know we're um, praising Jake Berger for the home run he hit. Him and Gavin Sheets both hit home runs yeah. in that first inning. And Jake Berger will have to find a spot. When Yoan Moncada re- returns, they have to find a spot. Because Jake Berger's bat plays. We see the glove later in the game. Doesn't play. And that play specifically, I think it was in the fifth inning, where he makes an error on a ball, hard hit, but Yoan Moncada eats that up and makes that play, and that's the last out. At Whoa. the time, that was the 66 pitch for Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease pitched 10 more pitches to two great hitters. Cedric Mullins hits the triple, and then Adley Rutschman, he, who he gets out. So he has real high-stress 10 pitches versus some top-notch hitters who will be in the All-Star game if they're not already this year. Those two guys are driving up and they're stressing you out on those pitches just because you couldn't pick up a ball at Jake Berger at third base. So, yeah, that, that there's so many things wrong with this team, and those are unearned runs for uh, Dylan Cease right there. So that's what happens when you don't pick up the ball, when you don't do the fundamental things. You have your ace look very pedestrian after that, and then you give up the lead of a 4 nothing lead. Now it's 4-3, and then eventually he gives it up to 4-4. Well, in Berger, you talk about the fundamentals on that play. Move your fucking feet. Yeah. You're trying to backhand it. You're not good. You're yeah. not a good third baseman, and he's trying to have a slick little play there at third base. Move your free feet, get in front of the ball, and try to pick it up and throw over to over to first. And this is why when people are like uh, our good a good good buddy Shane Reardon, who oh boy, um, yikes, um, running, running, that boy likes to say things on Twitter. Um, one of them is, is Jake Berger should have been taking grounders at second base. It's like he's not quick enough. It, it's why he he could barely even play first base, and he's mostly a DH. You bring up like you have to play Jake Berger again. The White Sox handcuffed themselves to a, a point where. They're not going to bench Aloy at DH, right? I mean, they paid him $43 million. They're obviously not going to play Berger over Moncada while, you know, unless Moncada's on the IL because one of those guys makes $75 million and plays, you know, top 75 percentile defense at their base. You're not going to move Moncada to second base because then he'll just be disinterested in baseball altogether. Mm -hmm. Not for Jake Berger. No. What was that? Not for Jake Berger. not, Not for Jake Berger. And then it really comes down to Andrew Vaughn. Is Andrew Vaughn going to lose his first base starting spot to Gavin Sheets? Right now, uh, an OBP of 394, slugging of 400. Um, is that a true possibility? Because, you know, I don't think they're going to put Aloy in right field. Like, that's the only other option is if they put Aloy in right field, bench Colas, and then have Berger be the DH. But I don't want to see Aloy out in right field. Like, how do they play Jake Berger? Well, you got to just give him spite, uh, time, like, every once in a while. He's not going to be an everyday starter because of the things that you just said. People in front of him can do better than he can at their heights. Like, Aloy is a better hitter slash home run hitter at his peak than Jake Berger is, even though Jake Berger sells out for power and has had three home runs in a row this year. Now four on the team, uh, which is I think right behind Luis Robert with his five uh, for team lead. And so you're going to have to just find spots where Jake Berger can exploit 
uh, a pitcher, right-handed or left-handed. Every left-handed starter, I would put Jake Berger as the designated hitter and then find a way to have Lloyd either play right, right field or somewhere else because you need that bat, that powerful bat in the lineup every once in a while. And if Yohan needs a blow, even though it sucks to put Jake Berger out there at third base, you know you're going to get that air, but you know you're going to get that home run too. So you got to just find them like two, three good games where he's starting a week, and then any situation where a lefty comes in and it's Gavin playing or it's Colas playing, maybe substitute them out for Jake Berger because he's proven that he's a major league player. Or trade him. I don't know. Like, if you if somebody other, other some other team wants him, you have to have him, you know, playing somewhere in the major leagues because he's proven that he's a major league hitter at this point. Yeah. No, I mean, at this point, I really don't understand it. I mean, Jake Berger, with how forcefully he hits balls, I mean, he should be a DH somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, that's why that position was created. Yeah. And I, I really think that he could have a, a Dan Vogelbach-like yeah. career where he just absolutely kills the other side of a, a platoon where, you know, maybe he doesn't have a spot and maybe it's not possible for him to have one home where you've seen Vogelbach go from the Cubs, Mariners, Brewers, uh, Mets. I mean, you know, he's, he's bounced around everywhere. And I think I, Berger is, could be a, you know, a contracted hitman. I'm surprised the, the Pirates didn't pick up a player like Jake Berger. I, I, I did some digging on the, the fly ball data for the Sox because they're still not hitting enough fly balls. Um, this was before the game, so d- data has changed a little bit. But half the league has hit over 100 fly balls. Uh, f- 15 teams okay. have hit over 100 fly balls. White Sox have not. They have 93 fly balls hit, ranking 21st in the league. They have an av- average exit velocity of 92 miles per hour. Sox, or sorry, the average exit velocity for the league um, for fly balls is 92 miles per hour. Socks are at 91.4, so um, average. below average. Um, and their launch angle is about league average, but... Again, with their uh, exit velocity being low, they have the 22nd lowest uh, average distance. So they're just not hitting the ball far hard when they are hitting it in the air. Um, we heard a lot from Andrew Benatendi and Andrew Vaughn about pulling the ball in the air. We haven't seen that from either of those guys, both Vaughn and Benatendi. I think the closest for Vaughn was the double he hit yesterday um, in, in the 7-6 win uh, in extras. And then players who have done well, not shockingly, it's the two guys leading the team in home runs. Luis Robert Jr. leads the team in fly balls with 14 and is second in exit velocity, 96.2. Jake Berger is above Luis Robert. And we always talk about Luis Robert's incredible power, his incredible athleticism. Jake Berger, just to kind of put it into whole, the whole perspective, this was before the game, 104.1 miles per hour on fly balls. Damn. So he is about a, a, a 13 miles per hour better than the team's average um, and about eight miles per hour better than the second leader. Um, His average exit velocity has come down after his home run today, which is hilarious um, because he had a a, a pedestrian 100 miles per hour. Opposite field home run. Opposite field home run. And that was the thing I tweeted before the game. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago had a a, a little diagram. It was very nice about the wind because this game was delayed. Supposed to be a 110 start. Ended up starting around 330 because of rain. Um, But they had distanced feet for high fly balls gained or lost from home plate before the game started with the win factors. If you hit it out to left field by the Sox bullpen, it would be an average of negative uh, 12 feet uh, lost if you hit it in the air. Um, over by the gap where the Dwayne Wise catch was made, negative 7 feet. Out to center, plus 1 feet. Then into the right center section where there's that bullpen bar, plus 10 feet. And over by the opponent's bullpen, 
plus 17 feet. Herb, what I want to ask you before we get into uh, my point, where did Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger hit their home runs? They hit them both to right field, right <laughs> by the bullpen bar. <laughs> Isn't that funny how it works? And I tweeted, I tweeted Herb, I said, this team, this is why this team needs left-handed power. Yeah. And what do we see from Gavin Sheets? Hits the ball in the air. Hits the ball sky high. He loves home playing run. his hometown team, Baltimore Orioles. Yes, he does. He loves playing in guaranteed right field. I got a little stat for you. So does Jake Berger. I think all of his home runs, except for Ooh. one last year, was at guaranteed rate. And then I don't know if he's What's hit one up? any out of uh, get any other ballpark than guaranteed rate this year. I know he's hit three in a row at the, in these games. So well, while we while I look up Jake Berger, why don't I ask you about Gavin Sheets here? Yeah, Gavin Sheets has hit a career. 27 home runs. Indeed. How many have come at Guaranteed Ray Field? I would say 22. 22? 22. 23. Okay. Jake Berger has hit 12 home runs in his career. Oh, sorry, no, 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 no. He's hit 13 home runs in his career. How many have come at Guaranteed Ray Field? 12. 11. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what that means, because uh, especially Jake Berger's a lefty. Um, so, I, or Jake Berger's a righty. Like, yeah. Gavin, Gavin's getting, I think, the bump because, again, left-handers are rewarded uh, playing at guaranteed right field. But it's just frustrating that, again, you look at the bullpen. You couldn't use Kendall Graveman today because he was used yesterday. Was. Of course, that's what you want when you pay $8 million for a reliever. Um, and Joe Kelly injured himself being a fool in a little bullpen skirmish. And they paid him $9 million to have an ERA of, like, 688 last year. So, again... When you're spending 37% of your salary on a bullpen that's bad, that lost you the game today. Again, the White Sox had the lead, yes. um, at least tied when, when the starter the, left. Yeah, they were tied. And, you know, here you go. It's the defense and the bullpen kind of throwing away the game. The White Sox were 27-6 and six with two home runs uh, in 2022. They're 1-3 with two home runs in a game in 2023. Ugh, just, and you were talking about the lineup, like, Top to bottom, when we have people, Tim Anderson, does he have any home runs yet? I don't think uh, so. No, yeah. any, but he's been hurt. Andrew Vaughn, does he have any home runs yet? He, he does not. Andrew Benintendi, does he have any home runs yet? I could have told you that, no. Aloy Jimenez, does he have any home runs yet? No. I mean, this is up and down the lineup. I don't know if Andres has a home run, but it doesn't matter. Elvis Andres does not. I know there's one for Colas in Pittsburgh. That is not enough. Sebi has one. Yoan has we one. We need to hit more home runs. Yoan has two, I believe, because he had two in Houston. Right. Well, yeah. Was, yeah. But, like, this is, this is the problem. This is a team built for power. People who are supposed to be hitting the ball hard for power. And they don't. And they don't. It's so ridiculous that they don't sell out for power. They should take what Jake Berger does. He's just naturally strong, but also he doesn't, he doesn't miss mistakes. He sells out for power. He goes and sacrifices the strikeouts every once in a while and says, okay, I'll strike out a decent amount. But guess what? The numbers at the, at the HR spot will look right. Everybody will say, that guy needs to be playing more. I don't know what they're doing because they're not really doing anything. Ex, you know, Andrew Vaughn's at least hitting balls in the gap. Doubles and such. The home but runs are coming I, I for that guy. But like, I think he's trying to prove how good of a hitter he is. I mean, yeah. you even saw the last strikeout that he had. Oh. Like, he gets pissed off that the the ball that was it was a ball it was a ball wasn't called a, a ball by the umpire. It was a high cutter. Um, it was close, and he was calling high strikes all day. So I really can't get mad at the umpire that makes it three two. I mean, he stares at a, a, a fastball middle middle, or I mean, it's not middle middle, but it's middle away. But, but I it's mean, it's two still, strikes. It's 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 a full count. Yeah, you're down. You're down three runs. Swing the bat. Like, you have zero home runs. Start hitting the ball for power. 
Like, that's the one thing about Jake Berger. When he swings, he swings the bat as hard as he fucking can. And it's, that's and, why I like exit velocity. That's why you get reward. You have, like, if you hit the ball 100 miles per hour, you have, like, a batting average, expected batting average of, like, 600. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And, and no matter what we say about batting average, if you have a batting average of 600, that is good. And they can't use the weather as an excuse. Today was the first inclement weather game here really at guarantee rate where you're like, oh, man, it's cold, cold. They can't really hit out there. It's been beautiful when these motherfuckers haven't been hit. Sorry, kids out there, if you're listening. The weather gave them a lead today. In a while. Huh? They don't have a lead without the weather. Exactly. I mean, they got they got a four nothing lead because of the weather helping the home runs. I mean, it's just it's just annoying. It's just a it's just such a frustrating team to watch. Um, we got some super chats here. Um, let me take a quick break here because yikes! I didn't know Randy Sean was in me uh, today. I'm getting hey, I'm man. feeling a little under the weather. This team crazy. just brings it um, out on us. We got some super chats here, Joe. If you want to go to them, uh, one from uh, our guy Jordan Miller uh, saying. Uh, have you ever seen a bullpen this bad ever? Well, Jordan, um, we are playing a little small stat theater here, um, and this is not including today's sta- stats, but coming in today, the White Sox relievers had an ERA of a 732. Uh, that would be a White Sox high. Uh, mm-hmm. The 1934 team had a 596 ERA. That team. They were bad. The 2007 team had a 549 ERA. Um, so I don't know. I don't specifically remember the 2007 team, but uh, if, if you have any memories of that team. It was a terrible team. 2007, well, 2010 teams. Before last year's teams, one of my worst experiences. Um, all four of the runs in the for the bullpen were earned today, too. So mm-hmm. more earned runs. The ERA goes higher. And another great sparkling outing from our guy, Keenan Middleton. Yes, mercy. He He's looked fantastic. I mean, he might, he might end up being the closer for the White Sox <laughs> if he keeps it up. Uh, Gregory Santos, too, with his... Uh, his slider is uh, the best Lighting. in Major League Baseball, according to Stuff Plus. Um, he had a clean, clean outing as well today. I mean, he had one walk, but uh, for for the most part, or he had no, he didn't. He had one hit, yeah, um, but yeah. for the most part, he was fine. Uh, it was just Aaron Bummer, uh, not able to throw strikes, and then when he did, uh, they were hammered. So uh, uh, not good. And then Joaquin Favre, come yes, on now, the the nine hitter, yeah, and that was the one lefty. Exactly, that was the exactly, thing. Joey, exactly. Well, but and that was the one lefty that he faced, right? Um, no. No, um, Mullins is a lefty too. Um, no, no, no. So, uh, sorry, my bad. Uh, so he he came in and faced Mateo, and then he threw it right down the middle. Mateo smashed a double, and then, um, stole and then McKenna came in, pinched hit for Vabra, oh. and that was a thing that I just wanted to bring up because I thought it was weird that he brought Bummer and Pedro because it went righty lefty. Lefty, so it, and then switch, and then Rutschman. So I guess he was more mostly just worried about Mullins at, in that three spot. But um, yeah, I just I just found it odd going, you know, to a position where they're able to make that switch and have the handedness favor for the first two hitters. Um, and hey, it's uh, up to Aaron Bummer to get it the job done. I actually yeah. was fine with the move. The move made sense. They had a bunch of lefties up, and if you're going to face Adley Rutschman, it's you know flip the coin as i think you said like if you look at his swing from both right and left-handed it's similar he can kill you from both ways but i would rather face him with a tougher aaron bummer than what santos is facing uh adley rushman from the left side so i thought the move was good but the execution was bad and then letting letting mateo steal third also like he didn't hold him on well enough. He knows that Jorge Mateo is a speedster. He can get it done. And getting that guy from second to third 
is a bad thing for Aaron Bummer, and he should be better than he is so far. Our two lefties have been failing us this whole year. The bullpen in general, the only yeah. bright spots, like I said, Keenan Milton's been a good scrap heap pickup. I don't think he's this good because he was off the scrap heap. Mm. Yeah, but he's off the scrap heap. No, I know that's that's fair, but I mean that just we've seen with relievers, it's so up and down. Yeah, um, I think the I'm biggest they thing, should do it though. They should right, do more things like should. this. But like, uh, just say he's a, a scrap heap guy. I just would say that he had such a big arm injury in 2018, and I don't know if he ever bounced back. This is the fastest his stuff's ever been. I mean, like, there's a reason why he's he's looked this good, and it's because his stuff hasn't looked this good in years. So I mean, there's there's statistical data that say that. Keenan Middleton might be fixed and good. And this is a reclamation project from Ethan Katz. I think they were together somewhere with the Angels, I believe. Yeah, he, and Keenan uh, said, like, Katz taught him his pickoff move and stuff, so it's been a long-term relationship. Yeah, so they should do more things like that, but I I can't put my eggs in the, man, Keenan Middleton's going to be good this year type of basket. I, but you know, I put, that, I put my eggs in the Jose Ruiz basket. He looked good in WBC, and now he's been off the team. I gave you that one. Like it just, it's just so – yeah, you did. It's just so troubling that our bullpen, where we spend a lot of money, we our big-time money guys, like you can't really go to Kendall Graveman and say, all right, lockdown, we're good. Mm-hmm. It's Kendall Graveman time. And even Joe Kelly, when he was healthy, there was nobody in that bullpen. I'm like, time to – game's over. Even Raylo, when he comes in, I'm like, oof, friends, we're going to give up some runs. The only game they lost, though, with Raylo pitching was the... Not the runs, the, but, but he gives up runs every time he comes yeah, out. Front of yeah, but, I mean, hey, as long as they, they win. Um, but uh, the only bad game I think he's had is the the one on the, what, the 14th, where he comes in for Deakman after Deakman loads up the bases and mm-hmm. they put him in against Rutschman. Um, that's just a, a horrendous spot. Um, but they're still 6-1 and one in, in games that he's pitched. Or 6-2, and two, I think. Um, so if you, don't, if you take that game out... Um, the only other no, sorry. When Reynaldo Lopez pitches, they're six and two. The two games they lost, the Deekman one where Deekman loads the bases up against the Orioles and Rutschman hits a bases clearing double off of Lopez, and then he came in in the ninth for the loss uh, against the Twins that was extra innings, okay. where Jesse Schultons threw a pitch and then Hanser Alberto airmailed that throw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, really, I mean, they're six and one when he pitches. I mean, I'm he's, not saying he's bad. I'm saying I can't trust him. Like, all right, shut down time. Yeah. Like, because every time he does come in, I'm like, is he going to give up a run? He's given up, what, two, three home runs? He only gave up mm-hmm. one last year? Something's different. Yeah, no, I mean, that's 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 fair. We'll see. I mean, the, the stuff has looked phenomenal. His chase rate is still um, where it was last year. His swing and miss is still where it was last year. His pitch velocity is up. So, I, I still I feel like if there's one guy I do trust, it, it is Raylo. Um, I want to bring – go back to Adley Rutschman, though. We'll go, we'll go a little bit to that, that game and just this entire series for Adley Rutschman. Got to read you his stats because I said, is Adley Rutschman a top 20 player on Twitter? And honestly, I think I'm regretting it because I think he might be 15 or 10 at this point. He plays incredible defense behind the plate. Um, I think he was really trying to figure out what to call in the first inning against the Sox hitters. But boy, he started cruising uh, from innings two to nine. And with the plate or at the plate with the bat. Adley Rutschman, 344 average, 481 on base percentage, and a slugging percentage of 574. That's an OPS of 1055. That is absolutely insane. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here uh, and we'll get to uh, Husky Bardo's super chat in just a second because I think it will probably launch a little bit of uh, mm. 
uh, conversation between Herb and I. We want to let you know about our friends over at Fubo TV. That's how we watch the game today. They have over 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial, and there is no contact, no cable, no hassle, and you can just sign up and start watching. My favorite part of Fubo TV: they have a 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge, and you can watch local teams while traveling. So while Herb was uh, headed over here on the uh, the old 90-94, uh, he had Fubo TV, respectfully. I did. Um, you know, uh, up uh, up on the dash and a little holder, and uh, you know, you get, get to keep uh, tabs in on the White Sox game. Uh, d- I hope not. Oh, that sounds unsafe. I mean, I wasn't watching it. It was still just on. You know, I just like the I just like the TV. No, it's call. fair. You know, he could listen to the the, the TV audio. No, no Joey, disrespect I'm a professional there. driver. I don't I don't disagree. Although you know, you I'm one of the best. you didn't you didn't want to uh, shock on the beer after after the uh, post game. Exactly. That's fair though. Well, and the White Sox got to win too. Um, also coming up uh, this month, you got the NFL draft in about eleven days on ESPN and the NFL Network. The NHL draft on ESPN, especially with the Blackhawks picking uh, or at least having the uh, the lottery pick in the top four. The NHL and NBA playoffs going on. Giannis just got hurt today. That could change Oof. the Eastern Conference drastically. Tyler course, Hero broken hand as well oh, in the same game. Hey, wow. I would, I'd rather have a Tyler Hero. That's hurt good. That's a good trade off. Jaw hurt as well. It's yeah. tough. You know, a lot of guys going down like flies today. Hey, Austin Reeves, him. He's gonna he's gonna be uh, the best. Him, him, Austin Reeves. As everyone knows, he's the best player on the Lakers. Um, main point: watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for fifteen percent off your first month of Fubo Pro. That's fubotv.com slash chgo. Herb, what you drinking? I'm drinking some three one two. Mercy, from Goose Island. Yeah, that's the three one two wheat ale. That's the the signature beer from our friends over at Goose Island. I was at uh, a little uh, little wedding, a little shindig last night, and uh, I started with Diet Coke, and uh, they were giving us little small uh, plastic glasses okay. with ice, and the Diet Coke just tasted horrendous. Um, so I said, ooh, a Goose Island 312, please, and, uh, you know, it was a nice way to uh, enjoy the night. You know, a couple, a couple, you know, two, two, two beers the there, and uh, it, was, it was a lovely time. You uh, cutting the rug after that? Tripping the light fantastic after that? No, I'm not a, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't get jiggy with it as as Will Smith <laughs> as the kids say. say. Yes. Yeah. Um. Goose Island though, uh, it made my night a, a lot better. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, and they've been Chicago's beer since 1988. Uh, I always love walking around the Marianos and seeing all the the great beer selections. And I did see the Shandies, and they have a, a little Shandy sampler with the lemon, tangerine, and grapefruit one. So make sure you're checking out the uh, lovely selection over at Goose Island. Uh, we got an event coming up. We mentioned the NFL draft over on Joe's on Wheat Street uh, on the 27th to 28th. We'll have the CHGO Bears NFL draft party. And Goose Island's two locations are ready to, and open to welcome you. Grab a beer right from their innovative tanks at Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clyborn Brew House at 1800 North Clyborn. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Goose Island Beer Company also over at 1800 West Fulton. You could try the uh, Raspberry 312. I know they got that on tap mm, over there. Yes, so. I remember when Vinny was drinking that at the Sox party. Mercy. Caught my eye. Mercy. They like how they make the can look like like a little like picnic thing. Yes. Right. And it's and it's tapped. I mean, it's a, a beer on draft. I don't know if you prefer a beer on draft, but I do. I do. I, the 312s, I prefer it out of a bottle um, or a draft. I, I, the cans are fine. I, can't, won't, I won't say no, but I would yeah. just say drinking out of a bottle, drinking out of a draft, I think that's primo. I'm not a beer guy, but uh, like you know, knowing how it's made, but I think it's fresher if it's out of the draft, right? 
I have no idea. Yeah. And the Sounds bottle, right. bottle does taste better. Maybe that's just a placebo effect. You just or you just <laughs> think that, and it's like, oh, it just tastes better. It just feels better, better mouth feel. I mean, Coke Coke tastes better in a, a glass bottle. So it does. I, I don't know if that's that has anything to do with it. All right. Uh, and I looked it up before we continue on. Your Adley Rutschman, the most impressive thing, and it's going to be part of my uh, weekend takeaway too. He walked seven times. Oh my god, seven times in a three game set. And the, there was the at-bat, too, um, against Cease, where I was just thinking that he was ready to open this game up completely. And he had two fastballs that he just tore up. Um, he hit them foul. Yes. But he has such a a controlled stride that's insane. Like, he just seems like he gets the most out of his, his step. He gets the most stretch out of his step, but he's still able to control. I mean, it's so fluid. It's so... he's He is one of the... Most polished hitters I've ever seen. He's like what twenty two. Um, yeah. He's he's ridiculous. We got the I, wrong I Oregon State him. Beaver. Uh, we did get the wrong Oregon State we, Beaver. We, we weren't eligible to draft Adley Rutschman because he was <laughs> gone early. But uh, yeah, and magical him. And somebody said uh, Trevor Larnick was also on that Oregon State Beaver team that won a, a national or a world championship at uh, Oregon State. That's a lot of pros right there. Yeah. Um, but even Rutschman too. I mean, against the 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 a bat after he hits those uh, foul balls. That's the bases loaded for Cease. Throws the wild pitch, the knuckle curve in the dirt, gets away from Sebi. Game is tied up, and then they just walk Rutschman, uh, just knowing the damage that he could do. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, he he is truly, truly tough. Um. But yeah, I mean, he had a he had a a, a forcing fastball just inside, and he he absolutely hit it like 104 miles per hour. It was close uh, to us. Over, out over to the 108. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a stinger, and of course, it was a race for the ball because no one was there. <laughs> It was freezing. <laughs> and that's an Adley Rutschman one. Um, let's go to the super chat from Husky Bardo. Because, I, I don't know, watching this series, again, five series for the White Sox. Uh, they get two homers in the first uh, inning from Gavin Sheets, a three-run homer, and then a, a solo from Jake Berger. But after that, it kind of fell from the Sox. And Husky Bardo saying, this isn't fun anymore, and we do appreciate the super chat. We sat through four years of the rebuild for this. Sox are becoming background noise, and it's not even May yet. Um I am very frustrated with this team. I don't want to overreact her because, again, this team isn't at 100%. Um, they just seem bad. And everything that we were worried about doesn't seem fixed. They just seem like a, 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 a – they don't seem like a team. Like, you see this Orioles team, and they walk. Yes. You see this Orioles team, and they just smash mistakes. Mm-hmm. They have a plan. They play good defense. They play with fundamentals. It's what the White Sox expire to be. But they're, as, not, but they're not close to being there. As we were talking about last year, when the Orioles came in, we, as a person that never watched Oriole ba- baseball before this, I was like, White Sox should win three or four versus Orioles here at Guarantee Rate because the White Sox needed it. It was the time for it. I was like, the Orioles are trash. They were under 500 at the time. When they left that day, I was like, that Orioles team is the better of the two teams. That was obvious when we saw that last year. And this year, it's, it's miles apart. We saw the same thing happen this today, what happened versus Pablo Lopez in Minnesota last week. Pablo Lopez pitches 31 pitches, is on the ropes in the first inning versus the White Sox. That guy gets into the eighth inning because he figures it out and he understands the White Sox are not walking. He just pitches his pitches and does his job and gets into the eighth inning because the White Sox allow him to get into the eighth inning with poor bats, early early swings, ground balls, quick outs. Same thing happened today. 
Grayson Rodriguez on the ropes. Second start ever. And the White Sox let him off the hook with bad at-bats after that. You said three hits in that first inning, four after that. Piss poor. That's, these things are continuing, and you're not walking. If you're not walking, you better be hitting with a lot of power. You better be hitting with a lot of power, and they didn't. So there's no rhyme or reason for what they're doing right now. Like, either sell out for power and be that team that wins 10-8 to or walk a lot more and work a uh, starting pitcher out of the game in the fifth or sixth inning and get him gone. Because if he starts off with 30 pitches in the first inning, there's no way that pitcher should be getting into the seventh inning comfortably and looking better while he does it. Absolutely. Um, Let's welcome in our good pal Vinny Duber, who is out at Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. You can check out his articles at allchgo.com. His most recent one is about one of the guys that is selling out for power and bashing baseballs, Jake Berger. Uh, Vinny, why don't we start there? We saw a great game from Jake Berger on Saturday. You've been there the whole weekend. You've seen the three straight home runs from Jake Berger. He had another one in the first inning today. Um, I thought you had an interesting tweet yesterday. Where do the White Sox play Jake Berger if everyone's healthy? It's a great question. It's a great question, guys. Uh, and I don't think it's one that has an answer quite yet, but it better have an answer soon because uh, I don't think they can afford to be without him in the middle of the lineup right now. Um, you know, he, he's obviously one of the only guys providing any pop right now, but he's also just one of the only guys providing any hits consistently, right? I mean, this is a guy who the bat has never been a question, and we've talked about that a bunch, you know, but it's a guy who doesn't have a position. And listen, if you want him to be the third baseman every day, you're going to have to deal with what happened today because his error is just as much to blame for them losing the game as, as anything else that happened. And it was a team effort in the loss department today for the White Sox. But um, Jake Berger made that error at third base, kept the inning alive, and the next batter hits a, uh, a two-run triple. Uh, you know, this is, this is what you do with Jake Berger. You, you, you deal with what goes on in the field if you want what happens at the plate. But that's not the issue even. The issue is that Yoan Moncada is not moving off of third base. The issue is that, uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn is not moving off of first base. So where you put him? What are you going to do? Is he just going to be a bench guy? But if he's the best hitter in the lineup, if he's the most productive hitter in the lineup, he's got to play every day. And to me, the only real answer appears to be put him at DH and let, you know, roll the dice with Eloy in right field. But that doesn't seem to be uh, the ideal situation either. So, um I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if the White Sox know what the answer is. But like I said, they better find an answer because uh, he is doing excellent right now. Uh, and granted, it could be a spurt, right? This could go away by the time that Yoan Moncada comes off the IL. Jake Berger can have a few days like Eloy Jimenez did today, striking out four times. And, and that consistency is gone, right? But I think right now, if he keeps doing what he keeps doing, they got to find a way to keep him in the middle of that lineup every day because uh, it's it's one of the few things that they can rely on right now. And I'm talking about any facet because uh, the inconsistencies with this team are numerous at the moment. I mean, what does Pedro Grafal have to say after a guy hits three straight home runs? And two, I mean, to your point, I mean, the one thing that he's consistently done in 2021, 2022, and 2023 is hit the ball hard. I mean, it, I mean, consistently, um, 100 mile per hour exit velocities on all these fly balls. That's why he's second in the team in homers. I, I mean, is Pedro Grafal, you know, talking about how much they need to get a bat like that in the lineup? Well, he is in the lineup. 
Uh, you right, know what well, I mean? Right, yeah. right now, Jake Berger is in the lineup, and and so it's not a problem right now. It's not it's not something that uh, Pedro has to sit there and rack his brain about. He just writes Berger in there at third base while Moncada's on the injured list, um, and he reaps the rewards of that. Uh, you know, he's very happy with what he's doing. He saw him in spring training. He he knows what Jake Berger can do. Um, it's it's the puzzle and how those pieces fit together once everybody's healthy. But as you guys know health has also been a huge issue for this team and uh you know that that day might not be soon but i think they they are optimistic that yoan moncada is not going to be out for a really long time um and if that's the case you know the, the next road trip they're going to have to figure this out uh, sooner rather than later today jake berger with that air made dylan cease pitch 10 more pitches to mullins and to rutchman not and then at the end of the game he finished with his career high i think 113 pitches at the end of that he looked pretty decent. You know, the five walks is not great, but the five strikeouts versus this team was very good. How did he feel, and how did Pedro explain how he just let him in that, that sixth inning just to get out of that mess that he kind of got himself into? Because I was actually surprised that he allowed him to face all the hitters that he allowed him to face in that inning and let him get out of his own mess. Yeah, I think uh, Pedro's explanation was a pretty easy one for him, and it was, listen, Dylan Cease is Dylan Cease. Uh, he's one. He, he Pedro literally said he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and that's that was true last year. Uh, and if that's going to be true moving forward, he's a guy who, in Pedro's words, has earned the ability to go out there and finish that game and or finish that inning, I should say, and you know get himself out of that jam. We saw several years ago a Dylan Cease who could never get out of a jam like that, and last year he became one of the best pitchers in baseball who can do that on a regular basis. Um, Today it didn't work out, right? There were runs given up, and, and it, it didn't work out. But this was not uh, managerial malpractice, in my opinion. Uh, not only because, yeah, Dylan Cease is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He should be able to get out of that. But who's he going to turn to? I mean, that bullpen ERA right now is through the roof. Um it basically seems like everybody he brings in is walking guys, is giving up hits. I mean, I don't know what move you wanted to see if you're someone who was upset about Dylan being left in that game. I think you would take a depleted Dylan Cease over a fuller strength uh, version of basically anyone in that bullpen the way things are going right now. I thought this was going to be a strength of this team uh, when the season started, the bullpen, even with Liam Hendricks going what he's going through, Garrett Crochet still on the mend. I thought this was going to be a strength of this team, and uh, the numbers for the bullpen are ugly right now. Um, and, uh, you know, you can sit there and complain and say, oh, man, he left him in there too long. Why didn't he, when he bring the hook out a little quicker? I don't know what you think he was going to do to to solve that problem other than try to let Dylan Cease solve it himself. I mean, I, I, at first I kind of second-guessed it just seeing Mullins and Rutschman up, and Rutschman ends up doing the damage, uh, even though he didn't swing the bat because they were just afraid to pitch to him. They spike the knuckle curve, ball gets away, and a runner scores just because, you know, it, it's tough to pitch to Adley Rutschman. Um, but career-high pitch is 113 uh, for Cease. How bad did they need him to get to six? Because you br you bring up, like, who are they going to turn to? It seemed like there was no Lambert or Raylo today with their usage. Graven was used yesterday. Um, Bummer was used yesterday as well, but he only threw eight pitches. Like, wh wh why is this bullpen so depleted? Why, why is it so tough to get consistency from them? Is there any explanation from Pedro or um, any, any theories? Is it just over usage? I don't think it's over usage. Or, I mean, it's it's not over usage as in he's using them too much. It's he has to use them 
too much. I think, uh, you know, they're not, they're not getting the job done is what is what's happening. I mean, he's bringing a guy in, you know, we, we have now become very accustomed to Pedro's bullpen management that it's done by, Hey, we need you to come in and face these, this group of hitters and we need you to get them out because everything else is based on that. Right. There is no, um, what happens on the other side of that group of hitters, because then a new pitcher is due up to face that group of hitters. Right. Um, I, I think that they're, they're just not getting the job done. They're not throwing strikes right now. And, uh, it, it is pretty hard to make a bullpen work that, you know, like a kind of like a clock, kind of like a watch or something like that, when, you know, where everything has to be in its specific place when those parts aren't working. Uh, you know, we saw what the other day in this series, Jake Diekman brought in with the idea that he was only going to face a three, you know, the minimum three hitters. And the idea was that he would get them all out. Uh, well, he only got one of them out. And then Reynaldo Lopez needed to come in and clean that up, and he couldn't. And then, you know, the whole day is thrown off. So I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, they used six bullpen arms yesterday. Uh, you know, and, and, and listen, it's not all just on those guys. The starters need to need to go deeper. I mean, the, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's a plan built on that as well. And when your ace is out there struggling to get through six, when you need to cover those last three innings with your ace – you know who can't who can't pitch into this who's not pitching into the seventh who's not finishing seven innings and giving these guys a day off. Um, you know all the other pitchers <laughs> are, are are certainly not going to do that either. You're not expecting them to do that either. So um, it is a uh, like I said before in describing today's loss, a team effort. Uh, it's a team effort in, in that regard too. I mean, think back to that Minnesota series when everybody's making the errors in the field, right? I mean, that's more pitches, be it for the starting pitcher or for the relief pitchers. That. Put, that means you've got another guy that's got to come into the game. I mean, it, it all kind of uh, works in a domino effect, and uh, it's not working very well for the White Sox right now. Yeah, and that was just a hammer too. I mean, that that out was with uh, that error was with two outs. Yep. So more two out mistakes where they just cannot help themselves and just finish an inning. And it's weird too, Vinny. It's like uh, that Minnesota series when you saw the injuries from Tim and Yoan. Its team has since then, I think, has played a a brand of baseball that was reminiscent of what last year is. And I know Pedro just got here, so he doesn't know what happened last year. But it's as human nature as a fan and the people in the comments, they're like, here we go again. I know the team can't afford that, but how are they, you know, trying to go through this series or this season with, hey, we're still good. We're still renewed. Nothing's wrong. No, that's not panic right now. It's April type of thing. Are they in that mode? Or are they like, hey, we need to clean stuff up right now before it's too late? No, they're very much not panicking because it's April. Um, I mean, and listen, people are going to be like, oh, well, that's what they said last year. Well, it was true last year also. Uh, uh, you know, April rolls around once a year. Um, but but other than that, it, the, I, I mean, I think it was Yasmani Grandal today who was asked, you know, about some of the issues that they were facing. And, and he said, well, you never want to say it's early. But it's pretty early, you know, I mean, so again, when they say that, because everybody's going to get mad now that I brought that up, when they say that, they're not, they don't mean it's early so we can afford to play this badly. They don't want to be playing this badly. They don't want to be losing these games. The idea is it's early. So little of the test has been taken, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard to assign a failing grade before the, the test has even been taken. And, and that that's my opinion, at least. And listen, this could continue. Maybe this is how they play this year again. And it's terrible for them. You know what I mean? And it's terrible for all you fans to have to sit through and watch. But, 
you you don't know the future is 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 not able to be told that way the thing is right now they do have problems and they do need to clean them up herb you're right they they are not um uh, uh, blind to that just because of where it is in the calendar. But I, I think the, the two things go together, right? Two things can be true. It can be early and they can be playing in a way that they can't afford to be playing in. Uh, and so, you know, Pedro Grifol said after the game today, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that we're close because, you know, that it's close to turning around, that it's going to turn around tomorrow kind of thing, because they do have stuff that they need to work on. The offense, you know, is, is one of those. I've been I've been focusing on the pitching and, and the, you know, the bad results there, but the offense certainly counts, you, you know, the, the, the big first inning and then just basically nothing after that. You, you, you're, you're allowing the other team to come back on you by not putting them away. And so um, it, you, you can't look at any one facet of this team right now and say that it's, working the way it's supposed to be because that is not the case. So if, uh, if, if your reaction is to panic, then I guess go ahead and panic because the, uh, the, the instigators for such a reaction have certainly been on display. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned the first inning and then just the lack of help after that. Again, we brought this up earlier, but three hits in the first inning, four runs, uh, socks in the last eight innings, four hits, zero runs. Um, so just completely dried up for, for the hitters. Um, also, make sure to hit that like button while we're in there. Uh, I think we got around uh, 152 people watching uh, and only 32 likes, so we would appreciate maybe maybe 50. I mean, that'd be that'd be nice. I'm not going to try to be greedy here, but it, it'd be appreciated. Um, I got a couple more things before we hit the break, and then we'll talk about our big takeaways from this series. Um, first off, Yoan and Tim. Um, obviously, last time we talked, Yoan was day-to-day. That's no longer the, uh, the case. And is there any more to know about Tim uh, while he is on the aisle? I'll start with T.A. Rick Hahn said on Friday that he's just progressing and doing work and getting better. So there's that. Um, and then Moncada, yeah, obviously they put him on the I.L. Uh, I think the idea, the hope is that he would be back at some point during the next road trip. Uh, I believe he's a, a, a able to come off starting Friday, which would be the start of the next road trip in Tampa. Um, I don't know if it will be that day, but again, they hope that it will be at some point on there. But uh it was still kind of very early in the process. He was, uh, Rick spoke the day they put him on the IL. So there was no, um, you know, definitive he'll be back on day X kind of thing. Gotcha. And usually Rick speaks before every homestand, uh, you know, before this homestand, before they take on uh, Philly as well in the upcoming three games. Um, did you take anything away from what Rick had to say? I know, again, it is early in the season, but with injuries again uh, to, to start this season. Um, did he have anything to say about this team that, you know, was that caught your Caught my ear. Oh, okay. I thought you said caught your and then didn't finish the word. Oh, yeah, Sorry. Caught, um, ear. Yeah. Caught, caught my ear. Yeah. Uh, I think the main thing that stood out, I, I don't, you know, was that he was very adamant um, about his confidence and his belief in the changes that they made on the, what they call player availability front uh, this offseason. You know, we would call it just preventing injuries or injury prevention but of course you know that comes that calling it that comes with that whole idea that you can't prevent everything and there's all that bad luck um and and, you know you ask him about that and he goes oh my god i'm not gonna let 13 games kind of dictate how i feel on on a swath of changes that up until this point have been very positive and continue in his opinion to be very positive um and I think we've talked about it, right? You look at uh, the the injury that happens to Eloy Jimenez. It happens all the time. People pull their hamstrings all the time. You look at, uh, and then you look at the other couple of the other injuries, and they're not something that you can prevent by 
doing, you know, strength and, and uh, fitness kind of stuff. You got a guy running into Tim at, at third base because of a bad defensive decision. And you got Joe Kelly tweaking his groin running in from center field. Um, you know, Moncada's back soreness was something that, that just kind of acted up at the end of spring training. Uh, and here it is, you know, and unfortunately we're very familiar with Johan Moncada dealing with these kind of, you know, regular kind of baseball, you know, uh, bruises and, and stuff like that throughout the course of a season. So this is just more of that. Um, I don't think that the current state of this team from a health standpoint is a reflection of what the White Sox did or didn't do in the offseason. Certainly Rick Hahn is adamant in believing that that is the case. Um, and, and he's pointing to it being early in the calendar, which everybody hates to hear, um, to, uh, you know, not draw any massive conclusions from two weeks of baseball when there's so many games left to be played. Um, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't think fans should be expected to react any, uh, you know, differently than they normally would to that. And I don't know if he's expecting that either, but um, I do think that what he's saying makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just, we'll see if it plays out that way because here we are, uh, you know, in a season that was supposed to be, the White Sox proving that they were past last year, proving that they were better than last year, proving that the team that that finished 500 last year isn't what these guys actually are. And we're talking about a lot of the same stuff. We're seeing a lot of the same kind of baseball. Um, again, it's been two weeks, so that can definitely change. Um, but it's uh, right now, the storyline surrounding this team is, is this here we go again? Is this a that sequel to last year that everybody kind of, was afraid was going to happen. Certainly the White Sox don't think that, but it's, it's on them to prove that it's, that's the case. Can you trust them to prove it? Um, well, obviously it's our job to watch it. So we'll see. Um, we're going to let, take a quick break here uh, and then we'll jump into our big takeaways um, from the series uh, and get into a little bit more about uh, what the expectations for this team are. We do have some lovely gifts um, behind us from our friends over at FOCO. Um, they are our Good, good friends. You can get fitted in the best sports gear around over at FOCO, and you can use code CHGO on all non-presale items. They have lovely hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And since it is spring and baseball season, they offer Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Didn't need any straw hats today. Uh, it was cloudy, cold, and uh, and bleak <laughs> at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, at least Friday and Saturday were nice for you oh, guys. Nice. Yeah. Um, but again, they have some lovely set decorations that they sent over for us. Uh, some Tim Anderson one in the Southside uh, jersey. You'll see that tomorrow, Monday, versus the Phillies, and also a Southpaw one as well. We appreciate those few pieces that they gave to our set. Um, our show absolutely loves them. So check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Just the promo code CHGO for 10% off. I also saw that you saw Vinny's wedding guest Southpaw at uh, the G-Rate Club. So, uh, you yeah. Know, did he mention Vinny? He did not. He no. doesn't talk. He could. Yeah. He should. Um, anyways. Uh, but he was very nice. Yeah, hopefully he sent you, a, she. Uh, you know, an ap apology letter to, to for not showing up to your, your wedding. Um, <laughs> but we also want to let you know about our friends over at Shady Rays. Again, you didn't need them today because no, there was no sun. But take had him on, on yesterday, though. You had him on yesterday. Oh, man. Silent. Uh, Take on the sun. I had, I had him at my uh, wedding. I looked styling as well. Uh, take on the sun with See, gear. That means, sounds like you had a wedding yesterday. Uh, I did not get married. Uh, take on the sun <laughs> with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear 
Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. So exclusively for our listeners, they're giving you their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Again, that is code CHGO at ShadyRays.com for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself these shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, let's get to our takeaways. Um, Biggest takeaway for you, Herb, was... What? It was the walks and how good that Baltimore Orioles team is. I know we crapped on the White Sox, and they deserve it. 100% they deserve how badly they've played this weekend. But that Baltimore team, from top to bottom, that is the best offense the White Sox have faced this year, bar none. Better than Houston, better than Giants, better than uh, the Twins or the Pirates. Like, there's no break. Even down to the bottom, that Mateo dude is just relentless, like, and they walked 26 times in a three-game set. 26 times. That's amazing. For them to accept those walks and for the White Sox to put them on that many times. And they scored, I think, six, six, and then eight runs this weekend. Mostly because they're just too scared. White Sox pitchers not executing their pitches and or too scared to throw the pitches to these batters in a, a located position. And these Baltimore Orioles are like, we're disciplined. We're going to let you pitch to us and pitch to our spots. And when you do, Adley Rutschman's going to crush you for a uh, bases-clearing double. And then you're going to get the same thing from Cedric Mullins with his triple today. They're just a well-disciplined team, very young too. So I'm excited to look at their future and how they're going to do because that – I don't know how the pitcher staff is going to work out, but their offense is going to give teams troubles all year long. Yeah, I think the walk the walks are obviously uh, stand out to me, but I'll reiterate what I was talking about earlier and say, you know, who can Pedro Grafol go to in this bullpen right now? Um, you know, these things are cyclical, and we might see somebody come along and and, and start blowing people away pretty soon. But um, you know, for all the uh, you know social media managers that there are out there, always saying, why is he bringing him in? Why is he bringing him in? Why doesn't he go to this? Why doesn't he go to that? There really don't seem to be very many good answers right out there right now. Um, you know, you can point to some guys who have had some good stretches. Jimmy Lambert, sure. Keenan Middleton has been pretty good um, since since joining the team. And, uh, you know, even Reynaldo Lopez, who's looked impressive at times. But um, basically everybody right now is giving up runs, um, you know, People will um, scream uh, to the sky, why is Jake Diekman coming in? Well, uh, you know, there's not a lot of other guys out there right now who will fare much better, be it Aaron Bummer or, uh, you know, anybody else. So I think uh, they've got to figure out what's going on in that bullpen uh, and do it quick because um, you can't just say, all right, well, who didn't make the opening day roster? Let's go to you now kind of thing. You know, like you got to be able to build a bullpen uh, that's going to last you throughout the season. I know there's some injuries right now. Joe Kelly obviously is on the IL. And then, uh, you know, the things we keep talking about with, with Liam Hendricks and Garrett Crochet. Um, and, and, and maybe by the end of next month, it, it looks a lot different because of those two guys. But uh, right now, the, the, the streak that they're on right now is not a good one. Point. Uh, and I didn't mean to laugh during it, but uh, my my good friend Joey, could you flash that graphic? I had a good giggle when you when you uh, the, the, the last takeaways one. graphic. Um, you know, Vinny, Vinny made a great point. Who is trusted in the bullpen? Herb made a great point. Too many walks. Uh, and I my point my point <laughs> Polish. was polished versus potential. I but those damn Pollocks. I see it now. Those Polish hitters. I hey. see it. <laughs> 
Polish, Polish are spelled the same way. It's close. It's close. <laughs> I meant Polish. I'm doing, you got to understand. There's a lot of graphics <laughs> coming the, in. We, we're getting ready for the Bulls. Quick turnaround. I'm trying yeah. to make, you know, maybe a and now, you're, and now you're talking about damn Polak hitters. Well, that's what I first thought when I saw your thing. I was like, it was like Polish versus, and I was like, Oh God, Polish it's, does sound good right now. I was already asking her, but he ate delicious. the ball yeah. game. Like I, what, you know, pretzel wrap Polish at the. At the just, it was on $10. my mind. You know, I'm hungry. Got to go home and eat dinner. Some relish. Is Rutschman a Polish name? Can we can we get any? Uh, it is not. What do you think? Swedish? I think uh, Polka is a Polish German? name. Mm-hmm. Rutschman. I'd say Ger- I'd say German. Um, what what's that called? Rutschman, uh, not pronunciation. What would that be? Etymology. Um, it's from country of origin. All right, we'll we'll figure that out. That's like spelling bee um, stuff. Yeah, family history of Scotland, Scottish. Huh. All right. You know. The Rutschmans are Scottish, not Polish. Um, but I would say Adley, I'll take Rutsch, too. Adley Rutschman is very polished. Um, 17 plate appearances, 10 at-bats. He had two hits, but also drove in four runs on those two hits and seven walks. Um, you just see their hitters in one through nine, basically, like you mentioned. Jorge Mateo, before Jake Berger went on a run, had three home runs. Jake Berger on Saturday tied him. Um, Jorge Mateo would be second on this team in home runs. Um, You just see that they really do have a great plan up there. They never seem overwhelmed. The White Sox have great stuff. Their pitchers have great stuff. The Orioles do not seem phased. And we could even go to Andrew Vaughn when uh, Voth comes in and Mm. he just gets frustrated by that pitch that should have been called a strike. He gets down 3-2 and then just takes a ball that's even uh, more clear for a strike and and he gets sent down. Um, The White Sox have a ton of potential. Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, et cetera, et cetera, have a ton of potential, but it has not come to fruition yet. The Orioles have polished hitters, and they're young, and they all look truly fantastic. Rutschman didn't strike out once this series. No. I mean, he was such a difficult out. Who was, who's that difficult of an out for the White Sox? I mean, it's Berger strikes out. It's yeah. supposed to be Tim Anderson, but right. he's not here. Right. And, yeah. he, and he, as he walked, I think Robert just walked for the first time today. Yeah, so, lead off walk. I, I mean, it's, it's just tough. They're not... It's all about potential. It's all about boom. It's all about wow. It's all about that highlight. But there's no actual substance to this team. It's frustrating. I'd say Ben Intendi's probably supposed to be that guy too. And, and I think that he's shown you that he's not, uh, you know, a big strikeout guy. You know what I mean? Right. You might not be. I don't think anybody should be happy with the results. But if you're just talking about a guy who's going to give a tough at bat, he's he's probably the guy on the team who you would say is 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 the most in that category, right? Well, absolutely. The two guys that I would yeah. say are the most polished are Ben Attendee and Grandal. And what's the what do we see with the lineup today? Both of those guys are out. Um, so you just kind of see, you know, the, that that frustration once the whole thing gets figured out. Like this is how we can pitch to Cavage Sheets, Jake Berger, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's how they attack, and there's just no adjustments, and and it is frustrating. Um, hopefully that can change, but um, again, we saw that a lot last year. Um, so I don't know if it can. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know if it's the uh, the coaching staff. I'm just not sure. Um, Vinny, I, I don't mean to put you in this spot, but I do just have a quick question. Um, and, and this was something that frustrated, I think, a lot of White Sox fans on Saturday or Friday. Um, Mike Clevenger pitched, and it's less about his performance, but uh, is it true that he came out to a Kanye West song? It is. Uh, okay. I am not super familiar with uh, that artist's um, uh, discography, if you will, but I have heard this song. I'm uh, familiar of, with, with what it is, yes. Yeah. I, I won't ask you about graduation versus all the uh, you know 808 and heartbreaks. I won't. Would you have a favorite? College dropout. Okay, college dropout. And um, then I'm done. 
Yeah, then you're I'm out. I've been out on Kanye. <laughs> for, Kanye. for a while. Yeah. Fuck Kanye. Well, and, yeah. Sorry. And, and, and Mike Clevin, oh, you're fine, Joey. I mean, jump in. I mean, he, I, I know you got your, your own beef because he's um, anti-Semitic, right? Um, well, he says no, but yes, I would say that's, so. That's warranted. That's a warranted reason to not like that guy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially for Joey, who is Jewish. Um, but it, you're, it's like, real... you're like, oh, yeah, you can have your opinion. I'm like, no, like everybody, that's bad. You shouldn't, you shouldn't like that. Well, it's real frustrating for a team that has the motto, prove it, and Clevenger, who was not brought here upon the best of terms, was not introduced to the best of terms, in his first press conference, came off as sort of a, a, a dick, um, to put it bluntly, then comes out, makes his home debut to Kanye West's gold digger. Um, again, this was written by Paul Sullivan in, in the Tribune, but it was a curious selection for Clevenger, whom MLV investigated for several months over allegations of domestic abuse made by mother, uh, the mother of one of his children. In March, the commissioner's office released a statement saying it would not impose discipline on Clevenger, quote, in connection with these allegations, quote, unquote. Asked about his walk-up selection, Clevenger replied, quote, are you a music producer? No? Okay, well, if you have a baseball question, I'm here for you, end quote. Buddy, you're walking out to play in a baseball game. That is a question. And guess what? You coming out to that song makes you look like an asshat. And just, I know it's it's tough to just put it all on one player. But when you look at the offseason, it was Mike Clevenger and Andrew Benatendi. 50% of those signings, I don't want to root for. And when you talk about the changes that happened this offseason, I, I really don't see any of the, the positive changes taking fruit just yet. The best part, I, I think, have been some of the, the younger or kind of the uh, unknown names that have been kind of uh, brought up by Ethan Katz and, and that have shined so far. But outside of that, you know, the hitting staff, I really haven't gotten a, a huge impression on what they've done to help these hitters. Pedro Grafal, I understand that he wants to be, you know, a, a running a tight ship that uh, plays with a lot of effort. But so far, you've lost a lot of games. And then this at -ha asshat just goes out and makes more of a clown of himself. Like, I, I just get completely frustrated. And, like, when you want to root for a team, especially, like, a team that was 81 and 81 last year, you want to be rooting for guys that represent the city well. This guy doesn't. I don't like the selection. It's his choice to, to make the selection. I think he could have answered the question. That's where I – he could have answered the question a little bit better because you did select that song. If you have that choice, stand by your choice and just say, hey, man, I just wanted to play that song. I just love that song. That song is one of my favorites. And I think everybody in the said, hey, you know, Kanye back in the day loved it. That song in particular loved Jamie Foxx too. But he just answered the question really wrong and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. As far as his pitching, his pitching has been all right. So, yeah, I want to root for the guy, but he does make it a little bit harder for the average fan to be like, yeah, let Mike Clevenger, let's go. Because you, you, you don't want to be that. Like, half the reason I love Mark Burley so much because he's a great guy. He was an awesome guy. Rescues dogs. He was always uh, warm and cuddly, sliding on the, on the tarp. There for the fans. Like, the, the reporters are there to give information to the fans from the, from the people. You're, they're the conduit to the fans. And pretty much you're speaking to the fans through the media. And so it's pretty much a, a F you to the fans. Yeah. And two, this isn't something that this is something that is new to him. Last year, he came out to Ain't No Sunshine, uh, which was like a remix of a, a Bill Weather song. Yeah, his nickname. His nickname Sunshine. So, again, what? What's the reason for, for you this? You can't say he's a jackass because he's walking out to Kanye, but I would say he's not really doing himself any favors well, in, in the way he's carrying himself and how he's answering some of the questions. And he's Herb's 100% right. He made the choice. He's opening himself up to criticism. He should be ready to 
And it's it's less of the Kanye. Like, it's more of the song. It's, I mean, it's that's gold digger. Right, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're okay, you're I'm okay, totally okay. backwards. No, that's it's just double. how I forgot about it. It's well, it's double. a both. I mean, there's it's Keegan double. Thompson who, for the Cubs, is like, I'm not using that music anymore. But it's way more, it is way more about the DV. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's the, the song. And then it's the city of Chicago. Don't mess with Kanye like that anymore. Because his anti-Semitic uh, stances. Because he's hanging out with white supremacists. Because he's a dickhead. Don't play Kanye. I don't mess with Kanye too tough like that. Um, occasionally, I'll play some old stuff, but also I'm like, F Kanye. If it comes on my radio, turn the next one. I ain't giving him support. And for somebody to actually embrace that garbage, I'm, I'm out. Again, again, it's less about Kanye. It's more about the fact that uh, I think the insinuation is that uh, the reason why domestic violence abuse uh, was brought up because the woman that is accusing him is a gold digger. Um, I think that would be the, the whole reason why yeah. I'm frustrated and Southside Bear uh, saying it's just a song. Why is this a thing? He was supposedly, the reason why he didn't get suspended, uh, was supposed to go to therapy for this. And I don't think that's somebody who has gone to therapy and is, has learned and grown. Uh, seems like the same old schmuck. Uh, so I, I just, I'm not a fan of him. Uh, I want, anyways. I want to root um, for everybody on the White Sox, but it's, he's, well, he's making it impossible. And, and that's the thing. It's like I've know, got one question on a lighter note. On a lighter note, before we get out of here, because I do like to, you know, I don't get to come on this show all the time, I like to make, you know, like to leave you guys with something. So, Vinny, I do mean to put you on the spot with this question, but what do you think about this graphic now, you know, for when you're joining the show? I like, you know, we like to have some, we got the goat talk graphic, we got, I don't remember what we've got for Ryan. You know, I put a little Ryan Hawaiian, so I think this one suits Vinny, you know, he's yeah. coming in, playing, but but I'm open to your suggestions, Vinny, we'll workshop it. And we got, we got, I, we got, Oh, go ahead. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I like it a lot, Joey. It looks very good. It's it's very suity. Uh, you know, it suits me very well. What I would say though is, I already take enough crap for you know not liking uh, much music from my own generation, and now you've gone and put my face next to a record player that appears to have existed sometime <laughs> in around the 1905 era. Um, I don't necessarily go back quite as far to where my favorite songs were. You know, spoken word things by Thomas Edison. That's true. But uh, yeah. but yeah, that's a very I may have misportrayed that part of it. He's a big, a big beeswax guy. I didn't know what to look up. It was more photograph. about the aesthetic of the notes coming out of the thing. Like, yeah. it didn't quite have the same vibe as, like, just, the, you know, like the needle on the on the record. Like, it, it, it just didn't give the same. I don't even know what that's yeah, called. Yeah, 23 like, Is it a gramophone or something? Like, that's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, I think, a, a, it's a phonograph. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, what, whatever. It is. We could also book it. I think you were on a treble note. So here comes treble. Um, but I don't know. That sounds like more of a. Again, that's a. I think uh, the office is. Uh, uh, what's it's more it of a band nerd too. Right. You put them yeah, in notes. So. I, I like it. it I played. I, like I played tuba, which is in bass clef. So that's a different clef altogether. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. We'll figure out the clefts. We'll get we'll get the the notes all right and figured out. But that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Um, there is an article up at allchgo.com about Jake Berger smashing baseball. So make sure you check that out. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will be with you tomorrow for a pregame show. Herb and I will be um, starting around, not 4 o'clock. That can't be right. It's like 5.30. Um, 5.30, 5.45, and then we'll have a postgame show uh, where Vinny will join us from Guaranteed Rate Field. So, again, Vinny will be at the uh, next three games over at the G Rates. So make sure you follow him at Vinny Duber. If it's played, because it's some inclement weather coming for tomorrow. So, Phillies are in town. They have to get these games in because the Phillies don't come back to the guaranteed rate this year. So 
It's in inclement weather. I'm thinking tomorrow might be a tough one to get in. All right. We'll see. Maybe we see a seven-inning doubleheader. Uh, but, uh, they don't again, do that anymore. They don't? No. Was it done? Yeah. They ruined it last year. It no was dumb. Seen. I didn't get that newsletter. It was the best thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, again, they, and they, they left the extra inning rules. You know? Mercy. Vinny already solved the problem for that. He did. Hey, hey, that's, that's, all, that's all him. No. Um, thank you for uh, to Joey Spathis also for producing the show. We appreciate him and uh, making the uh, Vinny graphic as well. Uh, a great addition to our show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for getting us to 50 likes as well and for hanging out with, with us in the chat. Hopefully the Sox can win a series soon. We will be with you tomorrow again for the pregame show starting around 530 for game one of the Sox versus Phillies. Talk to you then. Go Sox.